Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings Podcast. On this episode, JJ and Kat are not here. They're taking the week off to enjoy some good weather here in Atlanta. But we do have a special guest host for you. Kara is here. You will remember her from the episode of having picture proof that ghosts are real. She also has her own podcast, Growing Out the Pod, and a comedy duo, Pretty on Pitch. Kara, thank you for coming on the podcast to guest host with us. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. I was really excited to get your message. I was, I was like, yes, I'm, I'm, of course I'll be back. Yeah, absolutely. They, we love to bring guests back on in any way we can. And this is, of course, an easy way to get you all back on is to guest host. So I can't <laughs> wait to have you here. For our guest today, it's somebody that we found on TikTok. Uh, she has a fascinating TikTok page and approaches the supernatural in a way that I personally had not seen before and goes into some really unique spaces and it's very informational and just uh, a pleasure to look at our TikTok page. It's Evelyn. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. I'm really excited to get into the juicy parts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And before we get started, I do think I kind of know what the answer will be for this, but we do like to find out where our guests fall on the what I like to call the believometer, zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts at all. Ten ghost or spirit is absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Um, well, I don't know if this will be surprising to you or not, but I guess that I'm actually going to put myself at like an eight. Okay. Uh, which is funny because I am literally like a psychic and intuitive educator. But the reason that I put myself in that spot is because I see a lot of people like go off the deep end to the point where I'm like, this is like psychosis. This isn't like... You know, and, and even like where there's a sort of reckless like projection and um, that kind of thing. So I I feel like hesitant to be like, oh, I'm a 10 because I'm like, I'm not like, I'm still like, yeah, science is good too, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got to have the science in there. We're, we're all, it's all tied together. I think. Yes. That, yeah, that's how I feel about it. I'm like science and math and energy and spirit is, it's all, it's, you know, different names of the same thing, exactly. basically, but. Yeah, for sure. I'd say, I'd say an eight. And I'm always impressed with um, you all that can really trust uh, what you've seen and heard and, and um, that kind of stuff with the supernatural. Like I had an experience that I've talked about on the podcast before. It's on the first episode where as a kid, we were, I was playing hide and go seek at a friend's house that you could argue is haunted. Um, it's like a big mansion in a small town that was most likely like built by slaves in the South a long time ago. And we're playing hide and go seek, all the lights are off. And it's the kind of hide and go seek where you have to stay in one spot and you can't move. And I thought I saw my friend running across the room and like a 10 year old jerk, I went to tag him really hard and my hand went right through him and he turned and looked and it was not him. Uh, it was something with kind of reflective looking eyes. And then it kind of vanished out of the room. There were four of us in the room and we all screamed uh, and ran out of the room and turned on all the lights and just kind of sat there. Now I have not spoken to two of the people that were in that room. It was his sister and one of her friends, but I do see that friend like every year, every other year, we usually go to a concert and it's the first thing we talk about. And that was like a while ago uh, <laughs> when I was 10. So I, I have that memory, but I've also told that story so many times that I, I don't know what to trust um, as far as it being real or not. Now, I don't have a direct relationship to what I've heard called like the spirit, which I think is kind of a, a different thing. But I don't know. I'm always fascinated when people can really trust themselves and what they know is real um, and kind of go there. So it's always fun to hear those stories. That's why I think it's so interesting to look at kids is especially small kids like um you know they're not incentivized to like falsify like a lot of these things that come up and they're not 
scared to share things. It, they're not no filtered like, no or anything. Um, and so you see a lot of like really authentic stories coming from these kids that is just wild. And like on my TikTok, like the thing that made me blow up on TikTok was asking people if their kids remember their past lives. And so a bunch of people stitched it with their asking their kids all these questions. And some kids, you know, some kids it's like you, whatever you ask them and they're like playing around and you can tell. And some kids are like, Yes, I do. And it's so funny because they're almost like, yes, why thank you for asking? Because like no one, you know, like kind of checks in with that kind of thing. And they have these really fascinating memories that, and the parents are just like, oh my God, what? (laughs) And that was my experience with my, with my daughter sharing with me too. So. Well, I'm curious because I, I have watched the videos with your daughter and, and some of the stitch videos as well. And it's, it's fascinating how did you get to that point? I mean, was what it, what kind of early experiences in your life kind of led you down this path of discovering these types of things? Yeah, so I was like a highly sensitive, intuitive kid. And I was really like plagued by the things that I could see. Um, and so, and this is just sort of like my belief structure around it from my observation, but like kids are generally pretty well energetically protected, um, by like guides or, or whatever frequencies sort of maintain like the sanctity of, of being a child. So they, they maintain sort of like the energetic boundaries. Um, and so a lot of times, like bad things can't like get to kids, but if you're someone who's gifted in being able to see those kinds of things, you can still see them and they're outside of your field. And it's weird because they're just like there, they're not like doing anything, but they're like hovering and like creepy. And, um, and so I wrote a whole kid's book for psychic kids for this reason, because I was like, if I, if someone would have taught me how to like breathe and like create energetic boundaries and like shut down things that I didn't want to see intentionally, like create those protections for myself. Um, I think that I would have remained a lot more open and instead of having to unlock things later, it would have just kind of been a little bit more accessible to me. Um, so yeah, that was sort of like my starting point. And then I wasn't really that into any of it until I had my daughter, which I feel like she was kind of like this magnet to some of that. And like, I, I would, you know, I I would say that I was like lightly spiritual, but it wasn't until after she was born that I started really pursuing like training and like learning what I'm doing and getting a mentor and um, learning sort of like the way that all of these things work. Um, And after, yeah, and my daughter's past life remembrance was a big part of that for me because I was like, this is so like unbelievably wild to me. (laughs) I want to know more. It's so funny that when I was watching your TikToks, I, because I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a Reiki master. I see things sometimes. I'm not uber spiritual. I don't have a huge spiritual practice. I meditate when I can. But when I was watching your TikToks, I was like, I don't know. I felt like when I'm, I do- I'm having a girl and when she's born, I have a feeling like something is going to come from that also. Because I've, I've read my charts and I've had psychics t- tell me that like, you're kind of on the spiritual path. It's kind of like where you're going to go, just be ready for it. But I'm kind of like, I think you were when you, before you had your kid kind of like, I'm there, I believe in it and I do it, but I'm at a hardcore, like I could teach Reiki if I wanted to, but I, I don't. Yeah. Um, um, but I believe in all of that and I, and I love it when I do it, but I just, I don't seek it out as hardcore as like, you know, if you say you're Reiki master, people probably assume, you know, you do it all the time. But uh, I don't even like to say that I'm like a psychic. Like I, I really mm-hmm. sat with like putting like on my website and it's like, you have to, because that's how, you know, people want like an energy reading. It's sort of like yeah. a credential in some ways. And I'm like, yeah, I do that. But like, I'm not here to do party tricks and that's not even like my <laughs> predominant thing that right. I do, you know? And I like, I'm like, I just don't want to work with people that like don't <laughs> yeah. value my time, I guess in that way. So it was hard for me. I was like, I'm like, I'm an intuitive educator. <laughs> <laughs> well, Evelyn, what was that first moment you had where you said, oh, I might be a little different than everyone, everybody else? Um, you know, I don't know that I can put a moment on it. I feel like always, and I feel like I'm actually slowly unpacking those things, like where I look back. And so like, I've, I've shared this with people before where I'm like, when I was a kid, I remember looking in the mirror regularly, like small kid, like five, six, seven, and looking in the mirror and being like, everyone just thinks that I'm a kid. At what point are people going to start taking me seriously? Like, is there an age? Like, I'm just having these thoughts that like, 
I don't think that's normal. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I remember feeling like sort of that feeling of like being, having lived a lot of lives, maybe having a little bit bigger understanding of some of these energetic principles um, that made me, and, and so just little things like that, where I'm like, I, this is weird. This is kind of a weird experience to be having as a human right now. You're um, recognizing it outside of yourself. Like, why aren't they taking me seriously? I'm an adult. Like, you yeah. I feel like you have, you were definitely an old soul for sure. Well, and my daughter is like, people used to be like, oh, she's such a teenager when, you know, when I was little, like, oh, she's like such a 40 year old woman. And my daughter is exactly like that. Like she's truly like a grown, a grown woman trapped in an eight-year-old body. <laughs> does she well, still remember it now? I know that they do when they're really young, but she doesn't, she doesn't remember now. Does no, she? no. And I, yeah. I, it's sort of a sensitive thing where like, if you have a kid who has a past life memory, you don't necessarily want to like be digging into it often because the goal is for them to integrate into mm. their current life. And if there was maybe something that was supposed to come along from the previous life, that could be useful. Um, then sure we can like keep it, but you don't want to like poke at it necessarily, especially if it was traumatic, which it was. Um, so I would like maybe once a year sort of just check in and just be like, do you remember when you used to talk about this? Um, and when she was about five, she didn't remember anymore. Um, which is really normal. Like most, most, and then it, it, I think it has something to do with like kids, not really recording memories before five anyways. And so it's like, once they, cross over that threshold it's very unusual for them to remember however some do um which is its own totally wild thing and that's when you have like adults who still remember um mm. but yeah mostly mostly they forget by five the the peak window this is like my frequently asked question the the peak window for asking this is like two to three and a half mm. um basically as soon as they can get enough verbiage um they'll they'll start talking about it and and like i said i do not encourage people to like necessarily probe um but if your kid has like authentic rememberings or you can ask it in a very open-ended sort of way um and that's why i encourage asking like you know do you remember like where you were before you were born or do you remember what it was like you know that kind of thing where it's like they could they could fill in anything that isn't necessarily a past life um so i try to leave it really open for for them so that they don't have uncomfortable things poked at yeah that's really interesting because i think a lot of us uh, when you think about like growing up and being informed and who you ultimately become, it's sort of like a nature versus nurture kind of thing. Right. And then if you find out that there are these past lives that are, you know, merging into like your current soul, that's kind of a fascinating way to become an informed person. Like, I mean, I know I was kind of a, as a child, I had to grow up fast so that that influenced me kind of being a kid who had to act like an adult. I wish it was just a past life. I think that would have been more fun, <laughs> but it's such a cool concept because I think nature versus nurture influences everybody, you know, even to our pets and everything else. And if, if there's kind of this spirit uh, version of us that is, is bringing us whole, that's, that's a pretty neat thing to think about. Yeah. Well, the thing with past lives too, is that like, like if I'm leading someone through like a past life regression, um, and a lot of people like they want to explore their past lives just because they're curious, which is totally fine. And it, it, you know, like you said, it can be informing of, you know, like, oh, this, that makes sense. That makes sense as to like why I'm afraid of this thing or, um, you know, why I react this way in this situation. And that actually comes from this. Um, and so like, yeah, you can go like probing around sort of voyeuristically in your past lives if you want to. But like, I really encourage people to do it. Like if you have usually how it comes up is like, if I'm doing a session with someone and we're going back to like do some healing work and generally it's like, okay, the first place we look is like inner child kind of stuff. So it's like, oh, I'm sitting in this emotion or this reaction, this like kind of activation. Um, and we can ask like, when was the first time that you experienced that sensation? Uh, because there's some story attached to it. There's some energy, there's some belief that you took and you really held, whether it was like, I'm not worthy or um, I need to, I need to be like seen and not heard or, you know, whatever people take on all kinds of ideas about themselves. So I invite people to go back um, into their first memory of that. And sometimes it's not really like a conscious memory. It's like, we go back and they're like, Oh, I'm in a crib, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. kind of like baby stuff. Um, but sometimes they keep, 
going back and and they go back and back and back and back and they find it in a in a past life and so that's usually like the best application i guess i would say of past life journeying is like actually going and finding like the root of something and then offering like healing energy to that and and sort of integrating that piece of you um and communicating with that version of yourself so that you can have a little bit of like resolution around it and then you can move forward with new tools and new information is that similar to hypnosis i I know i've heard people talk about that in a similar way yeah it it can be really similar hypnosis um it can put you into the same state where you can access those kinds of um, sort of subconscious things, energies. Um, but it, it's slightly different because within hypnosis, um, you're not necessarily doing the, that same kind of, of healing. It's sort of like, we can go back, we can look at it, we can guide you, but there's not necessarily like the energy work component. Mm-hmm. So they're same and different. I definitely would say that sometimes people do go into like a trance-like state when you're going into a past life remembrance but I've been hypnotized before and sort of one of the things that differs to me is that when I was hypnotized, I don't remember what I mm-hmm. did or said while I was hypnotized. And when I do past life journeys, I do remember them. So that's a, a little, it's like maybe where it's activated in your, your brain or the level of your subconscious that you're. I a hundred percent agree. I have a shaman that I go to for like just my healing. And when I go on journeys, I remember everything about it. And you go to your, you know, this place. And then when I've been hypnotized as well, I have a, I have a phobia of freeway driving. So <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of that uh, in LA, uh, lucky me, but I do the hypnosis. I don't remember. You're right. I don't remember that kind of stuff. I did feel that kind of at peace, but it wasn't the same connection and a same, like, like, Oh, aha. I, f- I understand this. I see, I see what's going on here. I'm able to connect the dots when your hypnosis is like, you're almost like sleeping ish. Yeah. And you're giving over usually like when you're working with a, a hypnosis practitioner, you're like giving over some of the control into like, Hey, I, I trust that you're going to like manage what we're reprogramming here right. where with past life, it's like very much like self-led in that, like I'm sort of guiding you and asking you what's coming up and like taking you different places and encouraging you to maybe like probe and ask further, but like, you're still doing a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're kind of taking people on that journey, what is that experience like for you? Are you, are you seeing certain colors? Are you getting visions from their stories or are you literally just kind of like holding their hand and helping them walk that line and you're interpreting it? What is that? What is that experience like for you? I am predominantly clear cognizant, which just means that I get like a clear knowing. It feels kind of like information usually feels like information dropping into my head basically. And, um, and so I can sort of feel around that, but I do have like clairvoyant and clairsentient tendencies also, which is clear seeing and clear feeling. So basically by all of those sensations dancing together, um, and sometimes it depends on the frequency of the thing that you're working with. Like if you're working with angelic guides, they don't usually like to present a whole lot like visually. Um, it's just not a way that they interact um, where like departed people like do like to interact with like showing you pictures of things because it's like affirming. Um, so it just depends who you're kind of working with also like the ways that the information comes up. Um, but usually, so like, I would be like, okay, we're going on this journey. Um, I'm going to like, get you really grounded. We're going to like call in some energy. We're going to call in some guides and make sure that our systems are all set up and functioning well for like safe time travel, basically. Um, and then I usually will just like ask people to start like following this feeling back and then allow them to create the picture for me. And then from the picture I can, um, And I usually can like kind of see what they're seeing when they start to like describe the picture, I can like create it and then I can help them like go further. And so sometimes it's just something really simple, like, like, oh, they're only creating like this view of like right in front of them. Um, And so I can encourage them, like, can you look down at your hands? Can you look down at your feet? Like, what are you wearing? Um, Do you have a sense of like what time of day it is? Uh, That kind of thing can help them get more into like the moment. Um, And then Usually when I'm leading people, I'm working with their guides directly because their guides are going to have their highest and best inter- you know, good in mind. And so I usually allow them to sort of advise me if there's something specific that needs to be uncovered or like a direction I kind of need to point them for that healing. 
I like that you say that angels speak differently than ancestors or, or, or past loved ones, because that rings true when I do Reiki sessions. Like sometimes I see angels, but they're not telling me anything. And then, and, but I'm getting pictures from people who have passed and my clients will only the ones who understand what I'm seeing when I tell them what I'm seeing. Um, so that's really, it's, I just learned something new. I kind of think I, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it kind of speaks a different language and yeah. it's just like, have a different way that they want to like show up in the world so mm -hmm. and that's why like it's easier for some people to connect with others yeah I, I feel like if y'all did a podcast together the name should be angels and ancestors that would be a perfect <laughs> oh, that's fit. cute i like that <laughs> <laughs> well so we, we of course want to talk about the goings on with your daughter when, when all this took place that kind of went viral on TikTok and stuff. So if you can kind of walk us through how that happened. Um, I, I know you said that she doesn't really remember it now, but I, I would love to hear about what that aha moment was like for you and her. Yeah. Um, so she, she was about two. Um, actually, let me look at my I was like, how exactly old was she? Yeah, she was about two. Um, and she was having this hard time. She was like crying in her room. And that was kind of unusual in, in and of itself, just in the way that she was. Like, I was like, oh, you're like going, like having like a little self cry. That's unusual for her. So I went in and I was like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And, and she, I mean, and she was devastated. Like, we're not talking like a small cry. We're talking like, a big like an emotion you know when you have like a cry that's like a full body cry and like mm -hmm. things are moving around and and you're like releasing some stuff um it was like that like it was like in the depths of grief and not in like a tantruming child kind of way but in a in a oh my god your your heart hurts like you hurt so bad and so i was just like oh my god like what's going on like i of course was like is something like seriously wrong here and she was crying and um, I was like, what's going on? Like, you know, why are you so sad? And she said, I'm just so sad because I miss my sister and my mommy from before. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, um, so in that moment, obviously my eyes were like huge. Um, and I was like, okay, like you have this very emotionally vulnerable, very small child in front of you. Like, hold it together, you know, be calm, but like hold the space. And so I was like, I was, you know, kind of like, uh, what, what do you mean? You're your mommy from before I'm, I'm your mommy. Um, and she was like, no, my mommy from before. And then I, then I kind of like started like, like not believing for myself. Right. I was like, Oh, like trying to like grasp it. Like, is this the Peppa Pig episode? Is this, uh, you know, like, like what, you know, she's so little. It's not even like she had like a lot of like media exposure or anything. So I was like, I was like, you know, is this like, do they talk about this in Daniel Tiger? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it took yeah. everything in my power not to snort when you said Peppa Pig, I just, <laughs> I, but it felt inappropriate. So I did. <laughs> I don't think it's inappropriate. I think it's all really weird. <laughs> but so, so she was like, so, so that's when I started like trying to find like what she could possibly be talking about that was from our like regular life. Um, and I didn't want her to feel not heard though. So, you know, I was like, she's, she is telling me what she's telling me. She's pretty articulate for a two-year-old. Um, and so I, I just sort of let her keep talking and I just asked a, a few follow-up questions, but um, I was like, can you, can you tell me about, about your, your sister and your mom, you know, to tell me what it was like. Um, and she was like, I miss my white house. We had a big white house. Um, and, and she just, and, and she was like truly in hysterics. So this was like, I miss my mommy. I miss my sister. I miss, we lived in a big white house and I miss my house and I miss my bed. And I miss, you know, like just all of these, all of these things where I was just like, you know, like just kind of like trying to hold her through it. Um, and then she started getting more specific with the details of things once she sort of like settled down a little bit. And this was like, she probably cried for like 40 minutes. Wow. Um, the first time that this happened, she was just really in it. And then she sort of like mellowed out and I was able to ask her some more probing questions. And she was like, um, she said that her sister, she missed a toy that her sister had. And she was describing 
trying to describe and you know she's two so she doesn't have all the words limited yeah so she's she's describing like a, a wind-up toy um and she's like it was really sparkly it was a really sparkly monkey and she's describing like a like these symbol monkeys that you you know like a wind like she so she's telling mm-hmm. her and it moved and it you know she's got this whole, like she's longing for this toy that like obviously would be like a comfort thing and so she's telling me all about that um and then this is where shit started to get a little weird like where I was like okay this isn't just like I miss my mommy and and she talked about her grandma from before too um and it, it started to really progress when she started talking about her death um and she didn't say that she died she didn't use that word um but she described falling into the icy lake by their house mm-hmm. and her grandma trying to break the ice open with a bear and you know like she's two so i'm just like this is horrific <laughs> like um yeah i don't remember that from pippa pig no no wait, wait, like i was like what um this is like when it started to get dark that was part of where i was like oh like this is definitely not made up like there is no way um and even like the fact like people a lot of people like on my tiktoks even were like oh your two-year-old said that like yeah right i was like first off my two-year-old is like she's tested gifted in her areas of verbal literacy like she's very advanced in that way and always has been so i was like yes she did um, but then I specifically like, I, I have one, I have a couple like screenshots from when I posted about it on my Facebook, like back then. Um, and she didn't know the word for ice. And so she described the ice as water that's shiny and slippery, but not water like a pool. Okay. <laughs> so that's pretty, I, that's pretty smart for a two-year-old to say yeah. all those words. Yes. Like it is. Right. And that was like the direct, like that was the direct quote. That's what she yeah. said. So I was like, like, so ice, like that's what that was. That was ice. Um, and so she, she was just sharing this of like her falling in the ice and she was describing how cold she was. And she was like, it was so cold there. It was really, really cold there. Um, and, and when she would talk about the white house, she would describe it as like the white house. It was really cold there. Um, and so you know, I was obviously like, wow, okay, you died and your grandma tried to save you and you left your sister behind and her monkey toy. And wow, this is a lot um, to ingest. And it was recurring. It, it happened a lot for a couple months, like probably every couple of weeks, she'd have sort of like a, a meltdown about it. And then occasionally she would just have sort of like a casual mention or like something that was a little bit less heart-wrenching you know just a little like oh my mommy from before or whatever you know just like giving me little little details and I tried to like at at some point I started to kind of be like what was your name and she was like I don't know and you know Mm and just like and like you know what did your mommy look like and she would like kind of describe her um and it was just I mean it was really weird for me uh, obviously um and another question that people ask is that um, it, could, it, hurt, it hurts a lot of people when when their kids are grieving, like their mommy from before. Like it can feel like a rejection of right. the mommy you are now. Um, and so I just advise people like allow them their grief, basically. Like they yeah. if they remember their mom from before, like imagine, imagine if you could remember your mom. Just and, wait them out till they're five and then they'll forget. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I'm like, you know, you hold them and, and you just say, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, you can say like, kind of hold the space of, you know, you miss your mommy from before so much and you loved her so much. And I'm so glad that I get to be your mommy now. And I'm so glad that you're here with us, but I hear that it was so hard for, for you. Um, you know, you, you feel like you don't want to be here right now. You don't belong. And, and I love you and I'm here and I, you do belong here. So just sort of like affirming that kind of thing and not taking the, like, I miss my other mommy stuff personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that would be, I'm just picturing now my, so my son's about a year and four months or so. And I just can't imagine if, if he was like, father, it was a land before cars. You wouldn't understand. I'd be like, what, who are you? What is happening? <laughs> like that had to be pretty wild to hear your uh, daughter say that. Oh yeah. Well, and I mean, 
it was so beyond I like, and I, I, part of me wanted it to be like something where I was like, Oh, obviously this was a dream or obviously this was a movie like a night or, terror or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but I was like, this is not like, I know, like, this is not, you don't have prolonged true grief devastation mm-hmm. after a dream and something, you know, so that's obviously, so one of the thing that like, you know, this, the skeptic people kind of put out there, which is valid is like, Oh, kids make things up all the time. One thing that I will say is that a lot of people who feel that way and who, and who, you know, would comment on my stuff on TikTok, I was like, okay, these are like young people who are like, Oh, kids just make stuff up and not necessarily a lot of parents where parents are like, like, you know, when your kid is bullshitting you, like kids are first off terrible liars. Absolutely terrible. Like, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, boy, my kid is like a master manipulator if that's for the kid. Because those were real tears and this, you know, I'm like, so I, I just sort of like brush it off with like, okay, I, I know when my, when my kid is lying, especially at two, like, are they even yeah. able to, is that like even developmentally appropriate for them to start experimenting with lying at that age yet? I don't know, but. Corey is so specific and it's the same and she's two, like that, it, it's like, how yeah. can you not? Right. It's not like, and, and it wasn't like she was over it when the game was over whatever. Right. You know, like we're playing, we're playing a game and then like, I'm going to put it down and I'm going to walk away. Like, it's fine. It's like, this was a lasting impression. Um, like a thing that we were sort of working through as a family at that point, basically. That's really cool. I, that's, there's a friend of mine who had a son who was like, who before she was, he was born, there was a, a psychic told her that her son will be sensitive and mm-hmm. will have memories or something. And he kind of talks like when he first came out, like two, when he started to speak, he sounded like he was speaking ship language, like North, North, I don't, I don't know any ship stuff, but like Northbound or so the South side or whatever. He'd say things that were like, how would he know that? And they never really, they never really went into it, but that kind of made you feel like, oh, he's been here before. I'm sure he knows something or, and he said he'd seen ghosts or he'd seen somebody sitting in his bed with him or and, and actually on their little monitor you'd see a little orb flying you know, i've seen it plenty of times a little orb flying over the baby's um, nursery yeah. or a crib so it's i think most kids probably have some sort of access to it and maybe again it's like they're in the now so everything is a given for them so maybe they sometimes they don't have to express it yeah and they they um are so close to it and there's also this whole other sort of philosophy that goes into it of like spirit babies and like when your soul actually enters your body um and for my daughter I know that her soul didn't really enter her body until like right before birth like really and so I think that I think she had kind of had a startling reincarnation Hmm. where she didn't spend a lot of time in her body like acclimating where a lot of times what I see spirit babies do is they'll come in. It's sort of like they're priming the the body. Like they'll sort of come in, they'll feel it out. They'll like go do whatever spirit stuff they're doing. And then they'll sort of come back. Um, and so sometimes, you know, like they'll be like, okay, I'm, and now I'm here, like halfway through the pregnancy, I'm settled into the body. I'm like having my womb experience. And Daphne like skipped that. Um, and, and as someone who was like sensitive, it was really weird because I didn't feel like I could connect to her like in my belly, like as a mom in the way that I thought that I would be able to, like, I really, like, I was like, this doesn't feel like how I would expect. I would expect this sweet, lovely maternal connection with the being in my body. And when she came out, I, you know, you expect this like immediate, like love, you know, like, oh, there you are. You've been here all along. And I was like, who are you? you are a stranger stranger. i we just met like that seems like a lot of intimacy for right now you just got here you know it was weird like it was not how i thought it would be and i thought that like maybe that's just me maybe i have a problem um and then i had my son and i was like it was not like that and he was in his in his body from early on and Hmm. he i i did feel that connection with him and when he was born i didn't say whoa you're a stranger i said oh yeah this guy that i've been interacting with in my body um so that was sort of a weird thing about it too. But I, I think that that was part of why her particular memory was so intense is, is that I don't think that she had a lot of time in whatever her afterlife was after that to like process and integrate. I think that, I think that it was sudden and um, she maybe needed a little more time. 
That's so interesting you say that because I have a baby in my belly right now. And it's like sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I thought, you know, I'm very intuitive. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I know who she is. Like we yeah. haven't picked out a name for her yet because I don't know her yet. So we're going to wait till we meet her. So it's just, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know there was such thing as baby spirits and sometimes they're in there, sometimes they're not, or sometimes they come and take a vacation. They're in for a little bit and they leave. I mean, I, I have moments where I'm like, oh, there she is. But yeah. That like explains so much. Oh my God, I'm learning so much. <laughs> so pretty safe to say, I guess, that you believe in reincarnation. Is that kind of in the same sphere of belief? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and if anything has confirmed that to me, it was my experience with my daughter. Um, and I've done my own past life regressions that have been like wildly healing where, and like sometimes you'll go back and you'll do the first past life regression I ever did. I went back and I got all of this information that explained so much. Like I have a fear of horses. I have a fear of, you know, I had all these like weird fears that didn't really make sense. And I went back um, and I was like, sort of like projecting this fear that I had onto my husband at the time. Um, and I went back and I saw this like past life that I had that was awful and traumatizing. And I was like horribly victimized by this man. And I lived on this farm and I was like tending all these animals. And I was like riding horses after being like sexually abused. And I you know, it was like hurt and it like caused all this pain. And, and, um, and I realized that like, I was, I was taking that experience and bringing it into, into this life, um, without meaning to, and that I needed to sort of separate those things because that wasn't my, my real lived experience of this life. Um, and I had to release that, that stuff so that it didn't like sort of poison what I did have going for me. That sounds like a, uh, it sounds like Westworld to me. I don't know if you'll. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, if you ever watch um, the OA, that's one of those ones where like, I can't believe I got canceled. First of all, I'm so sad it did. Oh my God. It's so good. When they go into like, she, she, you know, she has this near death experience and she goes into this like weird starry galaxy thing. And there's this lady, like all that stuff. Like I was like, that's what, that's what it's like. Like that, like I was like, this is, uh, the most accurate like TV representation, I guess I would say like for me of like what it's, it's like in spirit realm when you're sort of exploring those areas and you go into that, that translate place. So, I mean, it was wild for me to like, be like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, and obviously like it's Hollywood. It's like, you know, I'm not like, Ooh, do the magical movements or whatever, but it is like <laughs> that, that was a representation where I was like, Oh, Whoa, <laughs> spot on. Well, so your d daughter had these moments. You mentioned you have a son. Did he have any of these moments as well? So he, he's, he's so different. Um, he will really casually mention things to me. And I think he more is like some weird, like outer space being like one time <laughs> he was like, like, I don't think, I don't know if he's been a human before. Like, I don't know, but he, he will be like, um, like if I asked him like, where you come from? He's like, uh, the blue pyramid and I was like what and he's like the blue pyramid like just like so like matter of fact he's like blue and like sometimes I'll ask him too and like he's only five now um and so I posted some videos of me asking him some questions before um on my tiktok and and he you know like I'll ask him like what does your soul look like and he's like it looks like a crystal and it's white and it has a, a little tiny bit of purple and it's white and it's right here and it it feels like this and it you know he'll like tell me all these weird things and it's funny because and I know I think a lot of people when they look at these things they're like oh well you do this and you talk about this and so your kids are just like absorbing this and like kind of parroting back at you but I don't really involve my kids with it like um at least not I guess in the way that you would think like sometimes I'll I'll, I'll do like in the my kids book that I wrote for highly sensitive kids, I'll do like sort of a, a meditation of like, you know, building a, a bubble around you, sitting with your breath, you know, calling any helpers, but like, it's pretty vague because I don't believe in um, like projecting those kinds of beliefs onto kids um, if they don't sort of come about them on their own. So I don't spend a lot of time like, you know, getting into like explaining the spirit realm to my kids or anything like I don't think either of my kids knows that I'm a psychic or that that's what I do for my job like they know that I do like sessions with people um so he he's definitely like not he didn't have any devastating experiences or memories but he'll just like share with me little things sometimes where I'm like huh um he told me the other day I was like do you remember being in my belly um 
And he's like, yeah, there was a lot of juice. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, really? (laughs) Well, my wife had a C-section. I can confirm it's a lot of juice. (laughs) A lot of gurgles. I can never unsee. I mean, I didn't like look i was behind the the curtain i guess you could say but like um for anybody who's had a c-section um or has been with somebody who has a c-section they'll understand this but basically they had me wait out for a while while they kind of did all this the cutting and everything and then um i had to pee so i was like hey can i go to the bathroom like oh yeah you got plenty of time i was like cool so i go and pee and i'm like walking back and these like two frantic it was actually the anesthesiologist and his like understudy um, <laughs> intern or whatever. And, and they were like, okay, we got to get you in there. And so they're like draping me in the stuff. I'm like, what is going on there? Like, oh, you got to go. It's going to happen. And I was like, Whoa. so I'm, I'm kind of get a little light around blood and stuff and uh, not to the point where I'll pass out or anything, but it's just always been like Ugh, to me. So I'll never forget that door opening and just seeing like splatters of blood on the floor. <laughs> and I was just like, what, why did this looks like the Texas chainsaw massacre? What are they doing to my wife? And then I sat down by her and they, the sheet, so I can't see, but I can see like this machine, like pumping blood out. I guess I should have given a warning to people before they were listening yeah. to this. Cause this might trigger them, but Oh, well we're here now. So I guess fast forward. Um, but yeah, so I see that and I'm just like, what is, and I look over at my wife and like, she is barely cognizant. Like she yeah. is like, and, and I'm like, she's on all the drugs. Well, I was like, what is going on? Because, well, they told me she would be, um, sedated, like neck down or whatever. Well, I found out that they had made an error with the anesthesiology and, and she almost died. God. Like, oh, yeah, she almost, um, yeah. So that's why they were rushing me in because they had, and that's why that doctor was so, pan- you know, I didn't know any of that, but anyway, then they pulled the baby out and all was well, but, uh, I don't know what the point of that was, but I know I'm just supposed to have my baby. So I, know, really, I, just, I was really looking at you and I was like, why am I telling this story? <laughs> that's what people do though. Like when you're pregnant, uh-huh. you're like, Oh my God, here's this horror story of my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Like almost, and you're just like, what? But it's like an episode of I survived. Like everything worked out. We got the baby. We're all better for it. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Totally. So to, <laughs> to, to take a hard turn back to where we were. Um, so Evelyn, obviously you've got this book out and I found that really interesting. And I know Kara did too. We were talking about it before you came on. So a couple of things, uh, obviously I don't want you to give away all the contents, but if you can tell us a little bit about it and how we can get it, because both of us are like, oh, we both want to give this yeah, book. So how do we get our hands on that book? Yeah, so I have both of my kids' books on my website, themirrorgrid.com. And I love when you buy directly from me. Both of them are also available on like Amazon, but you know, eat the rich. So uh, <laughs> buy from small creators. Um, so themirrorgrid.com, you can get those. Um, Isabel Brave is about a kid who is highly sensitive. It's really tailored toward to be like open-ended, um, but it is like written for psychic intuitive kids or kids who have night terrors, kids who see things. Um, And it just takes them through the process of them building an energetic bubble, calling in guides, basically learning energetic coping skills and sort of energetic maintenance um, for themselves. And the story is, um, I, I really intentionally like left everything open about it. So the book makes no assumptions about familial structure. There's no gendered language in it. Um, I don't use any um, particularly spiritual language even. It's really intended to be used um, as you want it basically. So however fits into your family and your life. Um, My other book is Away in Stars and that one is about spirit babies that come and go. Um, That one is written a little bit differently. It is Um, based on my experience with infertility and some child loss that we had in my family. And so it's just a really sweet um, sort of limericky style story of of a mother and a child connecting over and over again and, um, you know, answering those questions about, you know, what happens when I come and go or, or how will you find me? How will you, how will we reconnect basically? Um, So that one's a really sweet, like sort of tender 
love story. Um, and very proud of the art in that one. I did all of my illustrations myself and in that. I was going to ask you. Yeah. I saw, I saw. Yeah. That's yeah. Really well, that's amazing. Great. Yeah. So those are all collage style spreads and they took me forever. And I'm just like, I love them. I feel like they, I feel like they doing collage style communicated a part of the story that um, is sort of like implied of this, like we're all sort of made of, of this stardust and we're all sort of recirculating through space and time and made up of different things, but the same things. And so I love the idea of the collage of like different images being made out of many, many different things. Um, and for your readings and things of that nature, is that something that people can reach out to you and do over Zoom? Yeah, so I do everything remotely right now um, due to COVID, but also it's very convenient. It's allowing me to work with people in different parts of the country that I wouldn't normally be able to work with. Um, so yeah, I'm really loving the remote piece of that. So you can book a session on my website as well, themirgrid.com, and it's got all of my like info on there and it's pretty easy to just go on and schedule. Um, I do teach classes too for people who are interested in like developing their intuition and psychic skills. Um, and so there's information on that as well. And if people want to find you on your social media and see all these awesome TikTok videos and anything else you have going on, how would they do that? Yeah. So that is my TikTok is, and, and my Instagram is the dot mirror grid or the dot mirror dot grid. Um, and so that's pretty much my thing on, on everything. You can find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for responding to us on TikTok. Um, I know for a lot of people, they get this message and it's like, Hey, we have a podcast. We have this many downloads. Cause we have to like <laughs> prove that we're not just like some weirdos trying to trap you on zoom or something. So I appreciate you taking that leap and coming on before I get you out of here. I do just have a selfish question, a selfish question. And I'd just be curious to get kind of your feedback on it. So I am, I don't in any way consider myself a psychic or a medium or anything like that, but I have always had these weird instances like dating back, I guess the earliest I can remember they came in the form of a dream when I was, I don't know, maybe like 11 or 12. I went to the pool with my best friend at the time and her brother came and like bullied us at the pool the night before I had dreamed that happening and it happened verbatim to him grabbing our like inflatable beach ball and like throwing it at us and his friends, like, like everything. And then since then um, I've had a lot of instances of deja vu to the point where um, in my old job, I would be at work and my brain would say, they're about to say this. And then they go da, 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 da. And then it was almost like something was programming me to say what I knew I was going to, it was like, almost like I was kind of seeing it from like a third person perspective that hasn't happened in a while, but I mean, it would happen as frequently as like five or six years ago. And then, um, every now and then I'll just get like weird premonitions that kind of, uh, come true in one way or another to the point where like sometimes I'll have like really negative and dark thoughts and I'll just be like, Nope, not real, not real, not real. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. just like move on. And, um, about five or six years ago, I was in the car with my dad who my dad is like very conservative and he's an older dude. And, not somebody you would think that would have any patience for belief in supernatural or things like that. So I never really talked to him about it, but I was like, you know, he's getting older. I should just ask him if he's ever had this stuff happen. And he just kind of like sighed and he was like, yeah, I don't really talk about it, but I've always gotten like really strong premonitions. He was like, your sister was in a, a car wreck. She was fine, but like kind of a fender bender car wreck a couple of weeks before. And before she called, I was like, Oh, she's about to call us and tell us that she was in a wreck and she's going to be really panicked. And he was like, the phone rang right then. He was like, that kind of stuff has happened my whole life. And I'm like, why are we waiting till I'm in my thirties? So where I don't feel like a weirdo for having this stuff happen. What category does that fall in? What is that? <laughs> so, I mean, so first off it's super normal. Like we culturally don't hold space for that. We put, you know, we're like, Oh, these magical woo people, they just believe whatever. Um, we're like more inclined to believe like Christianity stories than we are to believe these kind of stories, which when you look at the, like the technicality of it, there's not any more of a, a, a stretch of the mind. Right. Um, and so like, if you look at cultures, you know, like you look at people in India who like if their kids share a past life story, it's like, Oh yeah because it's mm -hmm. they the collective there believes in reincarnation um and so here we don't have that we're it's like sort of like it's weird and it's almost taboo um and people might think you're crazy is a very common like no one's gonna believe this um kind of thing so first off like totally normal to not like and many people have that experience of like 
I never talked about it. Um, so I would say, so first off, it sounds like when you were describing it, um, that you are seeing things mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say like, I know that you're like, Oh, I'm not like a psychic or anything, but like that, those are the precursors to like developing that kind of skill. So, um, usually you can tell like kind of how someone receives information by when they're telling a story, like you're telling me and most of the things that you're describing are visual things. Um, so when you're recalling a memory, it's very similar to reading energy. And so I would say like, okay, you probably have like a a pathway to clairvoyance if you wanted to take it. Um, especially like when things come through in dreams too, that's really common in people who like, there's not another way for your guides to talk to you and have you listen mm-hmm. or know what's going on. So they're like dreams. It's safe. I'll get, I'll, I'll just show up in a dream. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. And so, but then like when you're getting that, like, uh, deja vu so my experience with deja vu is that deja vu is generally like a confirmation it's like you're where you're supposed to be it's an alignment thing um and and it's usually about deja vu is always about like weird dumb things like oh yeah walk in the room there and then they're gonna go turn on the light and then they're gonna sit down and Mm -hmm. they're like whatever it's like always something random but it's like just a little confirmation of like you're you're where you're supposed to be it's okay you're where you're supposed to be Mm -hmm. Um, when you're getting a premonition that's more like doomsday-ish or like, okay, I'm receiving this download of information and now what do I do with it? You know, like, like your dad knowing like, this is what's happening right now. Um, all of that is, yeah, just being able to, to read energy. Um, that is more like clear cognizance, which is that clear knowing. And so that's sort of that idea of like, I don't know why I know that. I don't know why I know that, but I do. It, the information is in my brain now and I have it and then it's confirmed. Um, so that would be like a clear cognizance. Is that also, cause like I'm very intuitive and very much an, an empath, I have very empath tendencies where like uh, my creative partner and she's been a host on um, this a couple of times, uh, guest host, uh, but say like we're on the phone and she like tries to like, lie about something that doesn't matter. Just like, shouldn't probably talk about or whatever. Like instantly I'm like, wait, you really mean this, right? And then she's just like, ah, oh, God damn it. Yes. Obviously just why do you always have to t- <laughs> know that? Um, and I've, it's been like that my entire life. Like the, you know, I just, it's just like, I, I see this path straight to the truth sometimes, which can make life a little inconvenient sometimes, but um, I think it's helped me overall. Is that all kind of wrapped up in the same thing? Yeah. So, so many people, I mean, I'm definitely of the belief that like, these are skills that like, sure, some people are innately more gifted at playing music, but anyone can learn to play music. Um, so it's kind of like that where I'm like, you are, you're the things that you're telling me, I would say that that's like more, more than enough to be like, oh, you could do this professionally. You could do this recreationally. Like this is something that wouldn't even be that hard to like train you to do. Um, but like so many people just ignore the signs, like, and we even have like language around it. Like we'll be like, oh, I just had a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a socially accepted thing to say that people are like, oh yeah, you had a gut feeling. Totally. That's intuition. That's, that's psychic information. You received an understanding or a knowing that you don't know why you had it. Like it, it came from somewhere. Um, so like, it's just sort of like, knowing and you know, the, the experience of deja vu, everyone knows what that feels like. Um, but no one really wants to look at it and be like, maybe there's a way to explain it. That isn't like this random thing happening. I find that with me, when I have those premonitions or those feelings or someone will pop in my head, it's usually people that I've are close, very close with me, or I have a really good bond with, I'll dream about them and something bad, something has been happening with them. And I'll be able to really be like, what is, why are you feeling, what's going on with you? Um, One day I called my friend out of nowhere and being like, "Um, I think you're pregnant. And she's like, no, <laughs> I, go, I go, oh, I asked her, I go, are you pregnant? And she's like, no, I'm not. No, I can't be. No. And then of course she went and got a test that night and she was pregnant, but it was something that like, I call her. I don't know. I don't know why I just had to call her and tell her. And, but she's also a good friend of mine since I was a kid. Like I find that people who have, who are going through things that I am close with, I tend to have more of a psychic feeling about them than people I don't know. Yeah. And I you think it's because you can open consent with, with people around that. Yeah. Like this is someone that I'm close to. And so we have this, um, you know, energetic connection mm-hmm. that you can access. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's also fascinating. Um, we appreciate your time so much. We're coming up on an hour and, and we certainly don't want to keep you too long. I'm sure you've 
got plenty of things to do today other than talk to us about um, all this really cool stuff, but we really do appreciate it. Uh, this has been enlightening, very informative, which I had a feeling it would be based on your TikTok and um, just- And you're all knowing and you're all knowing. Yeah, all knowing. <laughs> um so yeah, it's just awesome, Evelyn. Thank you so much for coming on. Fans, make sure you check out her social media, check out her book. I'm going to go check it out as well and order a copy for myself. And maybe we'll do a giveaway on uh, our Instagram or something for our fans as well. I think that is something that everybody would enjoy. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you for having me, guys. Wow. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. I mean, it I will say it was kind of, I think, on par what we expected after checking out her TikTok. Oh, yeah. She's just so, and she, I learned a lot from her and basically like kind of validating stuff for both of us. I think yeah. she taught you a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. I know. <laughs> I always feel like, you know, as a host, you don't, I don't know. It's, it's like a fine line of like being here for the fans and bringing them what they want. But sometimes you have to dip your toe in and be like, Hey, what about me? I mean, listen, this is your podcast. You can do what you want and <laughs> yeah. you should know. And, and yeah, you definitely, I mean, there's a reason you started this podcast. You yeah. somehow cognizantly knew because know. you have that ability. Well, it's, it's so strange. We've had, I just, I just never know. Cause I, I don't ever really know who's being honest about what, but I mean, I certainly feel like, I can trust the people I trust on here. And mm -hmm. I mean, three or four of the medium psychics, whatever you want to call them have, have, and sometimes I don't even express a ton of like, like with her, I was very direct because we were kind of come up on an hour and I didn't mm -hmm. want her to get too fatigued. But um, sometimes I just say a little stuff and they're like, Oh, you know, as well as I do that if you want to do some of this stuff, you can, I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. My, my therapist said I'm a very grounded creative. So that keeps me from getting too, I think too invested in some of that stuff. Um, yeah. she also told me that I should <laughs> just bite the bullet and go stay in haunted hotels so where I can know once and for all that things are real and get over my fear of death. You and I'm like, should. okay. <laughs> I mean, I go, I think you should. I, I've definitely stayed in haunted houses, but I don't think I go out of my way to do that. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, we will be in Atlanta. We're so close to Savannah, which is like, you know, one of the mm -hmm. supposedly most haunted places in the country. And we just had on our second tour guide um, from Savannah, but that episode hasn't posted yet. But um, yeah, I mean, we have people who are willing to kind of throw us in the deep end there. So well, I mean, how do you feel after that? You're getting ready to have a daughter. Um, you are um, somebody who I think falls kind of in the gifted category. So was that inspiring? Was it a little worrisome? How, how does that make you feel? Listen, it was, it was actually really inspiring because I do have, the, I thought I would be somebody who was super grounded and super like, oh, I'll know exactly who she is. I'll be able to be in tune. And a lot of the times I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I think I know her name but I don't know, but I, I get that like in, like when she described the baby spirits, it's like sometimes coming in and then sometimes coming out. I yeah. really, that kind of did resonate with me because I feel like I just would know her. I feel like I would know yeah. her more. Her, her name is Gladys. Is that <laughs> Gladys? We call her Gladys for short. <laughs> you, I feel like you're guaranteeing a past life if you name your infant Gladys. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I hope she has, a, I hope she's one of those that has a past life and she'll teach me something. I assume she's going to be somebody to teach me more than she'll teach, than I'll teach her. That's what I just assume. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I, I felt like I would be a pretty good dad. I've always been great with pets and kids and stuff. So I knew that was kind of in me, but it's just, it, it's, it's everything you've heard where like, as soon as you see them, it's just, you, you know, your life has changed forever. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's a pretty cool, um, cool thing for sure. Yeah, no, I'm excited, but nervous. Um, all the oh, above, yeah. all the above. Yeah. All sorry about sharing that, <laughs> that story. No, you know what? It's good. I, I have to hear all those things. Cause like, I just, you know, I have friends who've almost died giving birth to, it's not anything, I yeah. should know these things. I shouldn't, no one should like protect me, but you'll um, be fine. It'll go, it'll go fantastic. <laughs> it'll go so smoothly. Yes. yes. Where you know it. It's like an hour birth. Bye. I don't oh, want to need this 40 hour labors. I don't need any of that. Are you taking the, um, the medicine? Or are you doing it without it? Or So I have zero expectations. I'm doing anything and everything that I need. Yeah. If I don't need it. I won't do it. If I need yeah. it, I'm going to take it. Awesome. Not yeah, ashamed. I, I would say feel no shame with that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a very real moment in life and, you know, just get through it, get your baby and all will be well. And at least you're kind of on like the, I mean, I hate to say the end of the pandemic, but at least we have like vaccines and everything mm -hmm. now. And, 
you know, when we had our kid, it was at the very beginning. It was in, um, oh God, you know, it was right. right before lockdown. So he was a straight up handy baby. Like he, we have been inside and now we get to go out because we're all vaccinated and stuff. And it's so funny to like, just go to an outside restaurant and just see him. He's like humans, humans. He's like, crazy. yeah. Oh, he, it's just, his mind That's- is blown. That's awesome. Yeah, we we my husband has not been able to go to any of my appointments with me. Wow. He yes, so he is on Facetime in the car. While I'm getting you know ultrasound, so I've done everything yeah. on my own. Um, and he'll be he'll get to be in the hospital with me, but like no one else can come visit me right now. Oh man, or won't be able to. But we're both vaccinated. I got vaccinated, and um, apparently the the cord blood is going to be really good for antibodies, and then awesome breast milk will be good for the baby for antibodies. So. Yeah. That's yeah. I wish we could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the baby cast where (laughs) we talk about babies after talking about ghosts for an hour. That's Um, that's my TikTok, by the way, that's (laughs) my whole TikTok right there. (laughs) Well, I I am just thrilled that you were able to come on. I, there are a couple of guests that I am always trying to figure out a way to do stuff. And it's, as you know, I mean, it's, I think part of it is just having a child now and trying to manage everything. I feel like it, it doesn't limit me creatively, but sometimes I can't be as spontaneous as I would like to be with like mm-hmm. putting fun events together online. Um, so this has kind of become the avenue to bring people back. And I know our fans will enjoy it. I have certainly enjoyed it. And from the Real Hauntings family, we wish you nothing but the best uh, with the birth of your daughter. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been really fun. I, I, I would love to come back. Absolutely. So, so with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Kara Norris. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.